just not gonna talk very loud because my mom's asleep. Okay. Mom's asleep. What time is it right now? It's one twenty-three in the morning. Uh, I apologize for the three-month hiatus of the B-side. I know all my raving fans were um, disappointed with this, and for you people that have supported me, I'm truly sorry. Um, as you can tell, this isn't the usual set of the B-side with me. Uh, it's a bit of a disassembly. Planning on moving things to my basement. The mother's basement. Very iconic. But alas, um, the people doing the renovations have taken more than a year at this point. So <laughs> the podcast has kind of been put on hold. My backdrop got peed on by my cats. And that is plural now. I have another kitten. So thanks. Please uh, leave a comment if you want to see my kittens. Please. It helps me. All right. Uh, enough rambling. Yeah. Yeah. Today I got a special guest. My my. My name is Cody Kota Lawrence Yoshioka Cox. Cox? Cox. Wait, really? Yeah, Cox. I had no idea. I <laughs> <laughs> guess you learn something new every day. Apparently, like I think my aunt. Or sorry, not my um, my uncle's wife. Like my my aunt was at a airport one time, and they were like reading out their passports. And it was like, oh, Sherry Cox, and then there was another person who went by, and there was like, uh, uh, Bertolt like Siemens or whatever, and they're like, haha, Cox and Siemens. You you gotta hold the mic closer to your okay. face, Cody. I would recommend just holding it. Okay. How about now? That's gonna be a lot better. Yeah, it's it's a bit disassembled right now, so this is gonna have to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, I guess I should just ask you some questions. Sure. By the way, whoever is listening or watching this, I have no questions planned. Um, okay. So I'm sorry in advance if this is a total garbage fire. I just really wanted to make this. So, all right, we're gonna start off real easy. Um, how how has your day been, Cody? Oh, it's, you know what? It's not too bad because I was hanging out with you. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Wait, what do you get up to? Well, I I woke up at like fucking twelve, and then I stayed in bed for like another like hour and a half reading like random uh, Google posts about stuff about cat senses. Apparently, um, their their sight, their vision is not as good as humans, but uh, they're very good at detecting motion. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting that I always thought that uh, cats had, like, really sharp vision, but apparently they don't. They're just good at seeing things move? Yeah. And they even have uh, whiskers to help, uh, like, under, like, know where their prey is because they have, like, blurry vision when their prey's up close. So they actually use their whiskers to sense what's right in front of them. That's they're, like, chasing, like, a mouse or something. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. All right, well... Um, I had two things I wanted to talk to you about, I really. This guy. Oh, yeah? At, like, what was it? Eight. Eight or something. It's a bit past. Yeah. I had a microdose of acid today. 
uh, meditated for half an hour or so. Apparently it's not good to meditate while you're microdosing because it's kind of like help having someone help you lift weights. So I guess I'll stop doing that. Do you want that on the air? Sorry? Do you care if people I hear really that? I really don't give a shit. Damn. I guess you're not going to show this to your mom. I, no. Okay. Well, Cody's mom, if you're watching this, you heard nothing, okay? I love you. Shout out to mom. I will say the same. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really wanted to talk to Cody today about um, art and ADHD. Cool. Because um, those are two things that do mean something to me. Yeah. And, I mean, they mean something to me, too. Like, Cody's the full-blown artist type, which is pretty neat. So I'm curious, uh, how, how, how did you get started doing art? Like, what what made you want to create things? Hmm. I think um, what allowed for me to start doing art was, well, first of all, my dad was an artist. And ever since I was probably, like, fucking two or three like maybe three or something I would do sketches the first sketch I remember doing was at a QE park and I sketched some uh, some I think it was a duck I think I sketched a duck uh, I don't know I've been kind of always an artist I don't really remember there being like a point in time where I started doing art but it's just always that thing that I go to when I'm it's just that, like, substance that I have in my life, almost, <laughs> which is a pleasure not to be feared, I feel. Uh, I first started off with drawing all the way through elementary school and then high school, and I just used to do, like, a lot of gory, uh, dark, I used to cover a lot of dark topics, and, like, it almost looked like art from Berserk, I would say up until I did psychedelics and then I started like painting all these like nice f floral symmetrical mandalas and like oh like all that gooey stuff and right now I'm just kind of combining the two of my styles that I've been experimenting with uh, just like the dark side and like all this like ooh like the flowery like psychedelic uh, type things into one style that is unique to me, I yeah. guess. You're finding the style. And then for people who are curious as to what you're making, where can they find some of your art? Oh. Well, you could uh, see my art on Instagram. My Instagram account is called, well, the handle is luminous underscore moon underscore art. And you can see everything there. At least some of it. You should check it out. It's actually very impressive. Thank you monsters but um yeah that's just what we were doing today funny enough we made some paintings in my basement we drank a bit of kava tea yeah. hence the sleepy vibes right now yeah. it's been very sleepy it's been a, it's been a mellow night for sure um but yeah one thing i was wondering about is is how do you find that your adhd interacts with your art like i'd imagine sometimes it's a bit of a blessing and sometimes it's a curse so kind of like what are both sides of that well when i was in uh i think high school and elementary school i just wouldn't do schoolwork 
and I would just draw. Like, I was like, whatever. I didn't give a fucking shit. I'll just draw in. Because they couldn't fucking stand my time being there. Uh, despite being on ADHD medication. I was very, it made me more hyperactive. And I just kind of channeled that energy into doing art instead of giving a shit about schoolwork. Um, well, I was doing pretty good in school until, like, I was 14. Um, which is when my dad died, but anyways, yeah, and then like a lot of fuck shit happened, and I, that's when I started painting, or drawing those like really gory, almost like medieval-esque type scenes, probably like sometimes with battle, like battle scenes, like monsters uh, ripping apart like women, so on and so forth. Spooky. How, how, how did your ADHD affect it, though, Cody? I'm going to try and how keep you on track. Art itself? Yeah, like your experience with it. Like, I, I guess you said that it made you focus less on school but and <laughs> do more art. Do I think I'm grateful for that. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. That's where I developed most of my skills by not giving a shit about school because I had ADHD. That is pretty reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't have a chance to, like, spend that much time on uh, developing their art skills in, like, high school because they're just so occupied with their schoolwork. That's fair. I feel a lot of people just don't have the motivation to create art. It wasn't really a motivation. It was just, that was just the thing I did ever since I could remember. So. Yeah? So you, do you do you say you feel a motivation to create, or is this just something that you do? Is like, well, it depends. Like, ideally, I would just be drawing or painting just because I want to, and I wouldn't have to motivate myself to do it. But sometimes, when I'm painting, doing a painting for someone else, for like maybe I'm selling a painting to someone, um, and I'm not feeling the vibe to paint, then I'd have to like kind of force myself to. Uh, start painting even if I'm not necessarily motivated sometimes I might like hmm it, that's a that's a that's a weird question because it might take some energy for me to like get motivated like become motivated to do it but once I become motivated to do it I don't really need to force myself I just kind of get into the zone um, I guess that's sort of everything with uh, like it goes the same way with everything when you have ADHD it's just all about starting the task and once you start the task it doesn't end yeah i i find a similar thing like if i can make myself do something interested. yeah unless you're not interested and but then if you start doing something else and then another thing happens and it's true over there eventually the thing you're not interested and in becomes stressful and then you're interested in it because you're stressed about it <laughs> which also works pretty well that's been my strategy for most of school mm. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know. I think it's a it's a funny thing that a, th a lot of people assume that ADHD means you don't have much focus, but I think it just means you can't regulate your focus very well. Yeah, some things for, for most like daily tasks, schoolwork and so on and so forth, you can't really allocate as much uh, attention uh, to the task because you're just simply not it's just not what you're interested in. But for the things that you are interested in, like say if I wanted to do art, that's all I'm gonna be putting my attention towards. And say if I, if I started doing art 
the entire day I probably wouldn't do anything to uh, like even run my biological processes. I might even sometimes forget to, or just wouldn't feel like eating because I just want to do art. And that's where all my attention beings go to. That's very fair. Gotta 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 use them productively, I guess. I I find myself doing that often. Yeah. How how long is like a long day of of painting or creating for you? Uh, it it could be um honestly it could be on and off because I might go between like painting and then like practicing the guitar maybe, and. Uh, I'll just be doing all the things that I want to do that day if if the art ha starts. Uh, so let's say, I guess, three to four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Of painting. That's that's fairly reasonable, actually. Yeah. That's like your my average day of painting, I would say. That was less than I was expecting, which is kind of funny. <laughs> One thing I've noticed with how you paint is you're very like methodical about things. I've noticed you make small changes over a long period of time. Um, how is, I guess that's only a generality, or is that even a word? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it one it for is. today. Um, because I don't know the actual word for that. Generalize. I guess that's a bit of a generalization, mm -hmm. because I I think you do a bit of everything, a little bit. Like, just tonight, we made paintings in a night, whereas sometimes it might take you, like, two months to do something, right? Yeah. Usually, it takes a couple of months to finish a piece. What What do you find to be more rewarding? Like, do you enjoy just being in the moment and trying to throw something together for a night? Or is it is it more satisfying if you spend, like, a really long time being meticulous about it? I guess... Hmm. Well, obviously, I'm quite a bit more satisfied with finished product if I were to spend more time on it but it's not it's kind of the same like once you get into the zone of painting you just kind of forget everything else and it doesn't matter for how long you've been painting it's just you're in that space um, I find it to be like the experience of painting itself is probably isn't that different like if I'm completing, like if I'm working on a really large piece, that's been taking me a long time versus like if I'm just working on a smaller piece that I've been working on for like maybe an hour or something. Like it's just, it's just me doing art and I'm back in that space. And it's not really, the experience of painting itself isn't more or less uh, rewarding. It, it is just, it's just fun. Cool. Yeah, finishing a larger piece is definitely a lot more. Like once I finish it, I get more of like a dopamine rush when I like actually finish the piece. If I were to finish a larger piece, obviously, I, I could imagine. Took a long time, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a question and I immediately forgot it. What a bummer. I love my brain sometimes. Uh, I'm not even gonna try and remember it. That's okay. Um, There's a bug in there. There's a bug. Oh, Cody's got a bug in his gel light. Oh, I see the little fella. He's gone. <laughs> Damn, this is riveting content right here. <laughs> Me forgetting my questions. This is what you get, people. This is an unplanned podcast. Um, but yeah. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. What other kinds of art do you do, Cody? Other than painting, is there anything else you've been enjoying? Lately? 
in general you could say something that you've done in the past that you liked or or like right now what you're into doing other than painting i've been uh for most of my life actually drew i only started painting until uh starting uh probably about three years ago okay gotta keep the mic close you to your hear face me? like oh you don't have i don't have headphones headphones on okay i'm just looking at the waveforms on my computer and you're really quiet cody i'm sorry okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i used to draw most for most of my days um i haven't drawn in a long time but recently i've gotten into this thing called it's not a visual art but it's called the jaw harp and i've had this for about a year or so pretty funky instrument. I keep losing it though. And whenever I do, I, I sprint to uh, Longamake to buy a new one, even if it's like five minutes before they close. Shout out to Long and McQuaid being awesome. I spend way too much money there. <laughs> what did you get there? I mean, all of my recording equipment and instruments, basically. Which is quite a bit. For the people that, I mean, you're only looking at this on a fucking little camera, but there's, what, a guitar, a bass guitar, recording equipment. Six guitars. Yeah, there's a few guitars up here. A bunch of other random crap. Keyboards. That's true. Though some of these I didn't get from Long and McQuaid. Yeah, the audio interface. Useful shit. Support Long and McQuaid. Yeah. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm pretty sure they're run by the mob. Shh. <laughs> 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 Long and McQuaid, if you're watching, I didn't say that. Really? Yeah, like, okay. like when you get in there, they're such nice people. Oh, they're so nice. I love yeah. them. But they're actually the mob. <laughs> <laughs> this is only slightly unconfirmed nice i'm not gonna tell you why i think this because i feel like i might actually get in trouble for that yeah. anyway i love long and mcquaid please don't dislike me and support me more i would really appreciate it um but yeah as far as art goes you said drawing jaw harp and painting i i i i guess you you are an art school student yeah you can you can stereotype yourself like that a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 shit do you do at art school? Well, the art program I'm at is uh, at Lang- Langara, actually. I like it. Uh, so pretty much the first year of the program, first year you can actually take however many years you want. There's been this person who's, it's expected that you complete it in two years, but you can, one person has been in the program for five years. Um, yeah. But the first on the first year, you can pretty much experiment. Uh, you get to experiment with all these like different kinds of uh, mediums, such as like or kinds of art, like sculpture, painting, drawing, uh, printmaking, which is like using ink to uh, running ink through like either a screen which you draw patterns or paint patterns on, and then the ink comes out on the other side according to that pattern uh, or you could like go into ceramics actually the first year you have to go into all of those and in the second year you can actually specialize in one of those topics or one or two of those topics that I mentioned and you get to take like the second year courses or the advanced courses and you just get sim- you could go deeper into the topic that you or the field that you choose to go deeper into so some people a lot of people like to go to, into ceramics and I can see why but I think I want to know how to paint. I think that's going to be my thing. But screen uh, printmaking is also something I'd want to do because in the future I want to be able to maybe like print designs on a skateboard or like 
a shirt or something. I think that would be a good way to make money. Yeah, I think it would. So is that the ultimate goal then for you, Cody, is to is Maybe. to sustain yourself through creating Maybe. art? I think another idea for that I have is uh maybe i might do some visual effects for movies uh yeah special effects yeah yeah but i, I have to know like people in the uh, film industry apparently to be able to get into that by special effects do you mean like painting sets or is like yeah. digital effects i think both okay or just like maybe making a prop or i see well i know a guy Really? I do, actually. I'd love to interview this person. If you're listening, Reiner, cool. love you. Love love to interview you sometime. Please come over. That would be a lot of fun. Anyway. Yeah, talk to me about this. Yeah, you should. It would be funny. Film industry. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I guess it would be pretty ideal for you to make a living off art. Yeah. I, like, I haven't actually really thought about like turning that into... In actuality, I've just been doing art, and occasionally I just talk. When someone asks me how the hell I'm gonna support myself in the future, I'm just like, I'm gonna do art. I like that. And, and a lot of people end up homeless like that, but you know what? If I'm homeless and I could do art, I'll be happy. Yeah, that's that's a that's <laughs> fairly reasonable, honestly. Maybe not the homelessness part. Yeah, that as would long be. As I could do art and subpar. Yeah, have friends. Yeah, I guess that's what the that's all there really is, is there? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you value art so much? Mm. Well, I think without art, or that's a good question. It gives art gives meaning to life, in my opinion. I think it. Uh, people talk about art a lot. They bond over music. Uh, I think everything would just be really dull and extremely boring without having art anywhere. I mean, even in like the most, uh, even say like a grocery store, they have to play, play music. Otherwise, it would just kind of be dead inside. Uh, even gar if you like, if you look everywhere, even like garbage cans, they have all these like, like designs that aren't necessarily functional, but they're just there. Uh, just just to look cool uh, I don't know I think everything wouldn't be very as, as cool as it would be if it wasn't for art I think that's very fair I think it's a very uh, important part of human life and we've always kind of owed our meaning of existence to art yeah I, I feel like art is underappreciated but it's in so many things you know like the music yeah. we listen to even like uh, to me, there's an art to like making a good conversation or, or, or anything really. Like this, this is in its own way is an art. I'm, you know, trying to get better at. <laughs> it's kind of cool to think of like, oh, how can I make a conversation better, or even just like interacting with people. In a, any any life, there's an art to, to knowing people, to getting along, to being sociable, stuff like that. So I feel like we're all very artistic beings in a way. Yeah. But it's, it's rare when people can acknowledge it, I think. Well, sometimes uh, you have to because you can't even, like, you can't even run a fucking business without art. Like, what if you just had a brisk bottle 
that just said in like black letters on a white back background that said brisk. Like no one's gonna fucking buy that shit. Like you have to have art to be able to advertise your products and little lemons and yeah, shit. The world kind of runs on art. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. I admire it. Art is always something I want to do more of, but never really find myself doing. At least, at least infrequently. But um. I don't know. There's well, a you did a piece today. That's true. That's, cool. that's true. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. It's pretty funny, too, because, like, Cody and I both have ADHD, so we just shut up and painted. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> but, um... We had some conversations that I don't remember at all. That's true. I think that's why we're doing this. I was talking to him, and I was like, ah, oh, I would be cool to interview you. I've been wanting to do this for a while, but... I don't know. This is a bit impromptu. I'm going to steal your brisk. That is entirely reasonable. I'm trying to get that ASMR chugging. Oh, no, Cody. Please don't. Please don't. Hey, I wasn't totally trying to finish your brisk. <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. It's just iced tea, bro. Chill. Um, hmm. Hmm. Questions. I don't know. I feel like that's art. It's not that much more to it, is there? Hmm? It's not that much more to art, is there? Well, <laughs> I suppose you'd have, ideally, you'd have a scene where you'd show some art. Yeah. Especially my art. <laughs> that's too bad. Go on his Instagram, you'll find some. Well, uh, oh, you know what you could do? Could you give us a little jaw harp solo? Do you have that in your pocket yeah. right now? All right. Here, I'll give you the, the hot mic right now. What? Let's make this hotter. Let's make it hotter. What does that even mean? Is <laughs> no, it just means that there's there's it's picking up more on this mic than on your mic. <laughs> it's like, why would you? I'll just hold them. Okay. Just keep that one in. Okay. It'll be good. I'm sorry. Both Technical difficulties. Both uh, sides of. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah
That's not art. I don't know what is. Keep doing it forever. That is art. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cody. It's eternal. What? Huh? It's eternal. It's a what? Art is eternal. Okay, I thought you said it's a turn on, and I was really concerned for a second. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was losing my mind. A little bit. That's okay. Um, what was I going to say? I have no idea. I noticed you were you're breathing a lot. Lose your mind when you're doing art, but you're breathing a lot. I know that breath is something you have a cool connection. <coughs> you you are the most dedicated Wim Hofer I know. Yeah, that's true. Is that so now? Truly. Um, that is true. Maybe. Well, I know Wim Hof is probably. No, but I mean like personally. <laughs> You ain't no Hoff, man, but um, I don't know. For people who don't know, what the heck is a Wim Hof? Oh, well, Wim Hof is a guy. He's a Dutch uh, yogi. Uh, he also has, like, a number of world records, uh, such as, like, uh, we're just he just, like, does a lot of weird shit, like holding his breath underwater for, like, 14 minutes or in ice water for 14 minutes and, like, I'm pretty sure he, like, once hung from, like, a string in between, like, hot air balloons at, like, 14,000 feet or something like that. Or, like, he would, like, do a marathon in the Arctic Circle in just his short uh, boxers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I think about, I'm not sure exactly when, but maybe 10 years ago, like, his, I think people started interviewing him. And, like, they're just like, holy shit, this guy is, like, kind of fucking superhuman. And he started sharing his breathing technique, which is, well, called the Wim Hof breathing technique, which is probably what you were trying to refer to. I was just trying to get you to talk about it. Ah, okay. So, yeah, it involves just uh, circular breathing. So you take the breath in, and then you release it. So there's no uh, effort in the process of exhaling, but you wanna you wanna bring your breath when you're inhaling. You wanna bring it in. So you repeat that step uh, 30 to 40 times, and then on your last breath, if you you could do it 30 or 40 times, it doesn't matter. Whatever you feel comfortable with, you take an extra deep breath, and then once again you just. And then uh, after that step, you don't, when you exhale, you don't release all of the air from your lungs. You just simply depressurize your lungs and you don't use your diaphragm at all. Uh, you're letting your lungs kind of just decompress naturally without putting any effort into it. And once that step's over, uh, you try and hold your breath. It's not for as long as you, you're, you feel comfortable with. I usually go from like, probably around three, three minutes. I think I would say that's the average time I go for. I stopped timing my Wim Hof breathing because that just makes me feel a bit, uh, 
stressed during the session and I end up it doesn't last as long so I, I stopped timing it a long time ago and I, I've had a number of uh, moments where I've just felt hmm I have no words for that but it's just some like emotions will arise and I'll occasionally cry <laughs> but it's like a, it's a good cry and and one time I felt like the most recent one was I suddenly became I realized how grateful I am or I became grateful so grateful for all the friends I have such as you and I started sobbing uncontrollably for like five minutes and that became like laughter after that and yeah good shit happens when you do the Wim Hof breathing technique and combined with that I take cold baths and cold showers every morning before I go to work I take a cold bath and since I quit coffee it's that's kind of been like the thing that's been giving me a lot of energy in the morning um, it's also really good to take a cold bath after you've worked out because it's good for your muscles regenerating muscles but I think apparently it's a really good way to train your cardiovascular system because when you apply like a healthy amount of stress to your body uh, well your uh, autonomic nervous system has to deal with that stress and if you're applying like a decent amount of cold to your body obviously you don't want fucking hypothermia you don't want to be in like a snow ice bath for like two hours which is what Wim Hof does but uh, I'm not at that stage yet definitely so I probably shouldn't be doing that and I, I can't but I have taken a snow bath before it, it lasted about 10 minutes but uh, yeah your autonomic nervous system kicks in and you're basically training your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system to like deal with stress including like anxiety uh, adverse conditions that your brain might start overreacting, your nervous system might start overreacting to if it doesn't have a properly trained nervous system, which is something that a lot of modern humans kind of lack now that we've just kind of tried to make everything as comfortable as possible for us to the point where as soon as we leave our comforts, we just want to go right back inside. And yeah, I could. I, I feel fairly comfortable in in the middle of winter, just wearing like probably like two layers or something, meditating shirtless outside for like 30 minutes in the snow, no problem. Uh, yeah, and I think that's really made me, and that's I think, honestly, I think that's really helped me quit weed as well, because it's like an actual like it's a way in which my I've literally trained my nervous system to deal with like my m mental health issues without having to use weed because I've trained like this the part of my nervous system which counteracts stress that's very neat I want to touch on that point but first I'm gonna tell you this for the nth time but please hold the microphone closer to your face okay just like pull the stand all the way up I'm or hold it. Do this. Yeah, because you're going to be really quiet. Um, Someone's they can hear any of what I said. They can. Of what I said. Well, I'm going to compress the audio to all shit. 
and you're gonna be a bit crunchy but it should be fine okay it's just it's a lot better you're just gonna sound better like this so please thank you Cody um yeah I I, use a mic don't worry about it it's it's your first time talking in a microphone I think um I am weirdly used to it at this point but what was I gonna say right quitting weed fucking it's been a while it's been a while this dude also inspired me to do that, which is something I meant to do. Do what? Stop smoking cannabis. Uh, it's been many months for the both of us. Many, many months, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, so, yeah. Like nine months for me? Ten months soon? Yeah, almost a year, which is pretty crazy. Because, um, yeah, that was right after I met you, Cody. And I remember you were struggling with it at the time when was we first I? met. Yeah. I remember meeting in you in school. English class. Right. Yeah, in school. And that was something we talked about. Yeah, what um, did we say? Um, I don't know. I remember I had stopped at that time, and then I ended up getting back on it, and I stopped again. But you were feeling fed up with it. So was I saying that? Yeah, you were. Oh, that, well, that's exactly why I ended up quitting. Yeah. Why I wanted to quit. So what, what about weed made you feel fed up? Hmm. Well... I feel like if when I say this, a lot of people will like may like feel the same way. Uh, but I I feel like the way in which I started using the substance a number of years ago was not great. It ended it ended up turning into a situation where it became more of a it became what ended it ended up being what caused my problems instead of what actually helped me because that's how I thought it worked in the beginning. I would get bored, I would I'd get depressed or something. Oh, just take a hit. And uh, I think that's how a lot of uh, social groups uh, wor- uh, work, and a lot of people get together just to smoke weed. And after they smoke as much weed as they want, they just kind of become silent and awkward and start looking at their phones. And you could really do that by yourself. So that's exactly what I did. Uh, whenever I had, like, stress, uh, whenever I felt like I was in a pinch, I'd just take a hit. There's no need to, there's no need to, like, deal with the issue. I'd just smoke weed. And that just kept going to the point where um, I, I think that my theory is that by kind of neglecting your own issues like this, they kind of grow, they kind of build up over time. And I neglected it by smoking weed, clearly, obviously. And at some point, you just have to look at them because they get so big and terrifying that weed just doesn't become enough to hide them just to co- or just to cover it up. But I didn't really realize that at the time, so I would get stressed and I'd smoke more weed. And I'd get even more stressed and smoke more weed and so on and so forth. And I think it took me a very long time to realize this, but when I, when I did, uh, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm fucking done. I'm over this. I think smoking weed makes you irresponsible for your own, well, at, least in the, at least in the way I used the substance. It made me very irresponsible for my negative actions and habits because who gives a shit if you could just smoke weed and have a good time? doesn't matter what you do or doesn't matter how you hurt others or hurt yourself just smoke weed yeah 
I can relate to that, funny enough, but um, I'm curious if you feel that that was an issue with the substance or an issue with how you were dealing with it. Was, I think it was an issue with how I was dealing or how I, how I started using the substance, but I think a lot of people use the substance in the same way, especially because it's sort of normalized and they don't really think of it as something that is like especially unhealthy for you, just smoking weed every day. I mean, fucking, it's encouraged. Yeah, smoke weed every day. Very much, it's very um, acceptable, especially here in Vancouver. It's a healthy thing. I'm doing it for my stress. I'm stressed and depressed. I need weed, people. There's a dispensary that, there was a dispensary called Stressed and Depressed. It's kind of funny, but um, no, like I, I think that a lot of people don't take it as seriously as they do with other drugs. Like, um, if you show up to your friend's place already drunk and they're just fine with it, that'd be pretty weird. You just drink by yourself all day. That's kind of, you might have a problem. But if you do that with weed, people are just like, oh, he's a stoner. Oh, yeah, man. That's normal. That's Vancouver, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that people don't think of it as seriously as as they should in a lot of instances but i don't think there's anything wrong with it inherently it's all about how you use it right yeah but um that's just my experience with the substance for sure i just couldn't regulate the amount of substances or weed i was smoking because that was just the way i dealt with stress and i had stress no matter how much weed i smoked yes you end up smoking a lot more weed i did the same thing for a long time Mm. So, um, I don't know. I can get it. I can relate to that. But it's pretty neat being off of it for a long period of time. How how do you feel that being off your drug of choice has improved or changed your life? Well, it feels like I'm a different person now, sort of. Like, I'm actually alive for most of the days that I'm awake. Um, I enjoy... I enjoy being sober very much. I mean, I'm kind of microdosing right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's not as painful as I expected it to be. It's When I used to smoke weed, I would fear being sober again. That's usually a bet. That's usually a sign that you should probably quit a substance. But uh, I think it's, made, it's led me to make a lot of changes in my life that ended up becoming very positive. Uh, I I no longer feel the need to be in that comfortable uh, to to put myself I I can put myself outside of my own comfort zone more easily because I'm not constantly trying to huh how do I say this I'm not constantly pacifying myself and being in that like zone of comfort was normal for me uh, like and I wouldn't dare step out of it and losing that, realizing that I had to lose that in order to overcome my problems, which were outside of my comfort zone, wh- where I had to t- step out to deal with my problems, has I think it's made me grow a lot. But I think weed has helped in the, in the way that they've made me really see. Like for the long t- longest time, I didn't realize I had all these issues, but weed made them grow until to the point where I just couldn't unsee them or just couldn't handle them <laughs> so in in the worst way possible weed has helped me uh, see become aware of these issues which just simply led me to stop smoking weed 
That's true. And they realized that it was making them grow bigger and worse. That's probably not the worst thing, though. Like, you you become more self-aware through realizing the mistakes you've made, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like, you got to learn through your mistakes. Yeah, it's not all that. That's true. And it's a valuable lesson, I'd imagine. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I know that weed was a part of it, but I feel like... Um, connecting with other people has been something that you've valued especially recently yeah. knowing you for the last year for sure obviously we don't have to get into the nitty-gritty i've become more of a social person ever since i quit smoking weed by the way yeah i've kind of noticed that <laughs> i don't know i didn't know you very much before um last year really because we met in september of last year in an English class funny enough I think I mentioned that sorry I'm tired but um sorry I don't know where I was going with that no it's cool you've changed a lot but yeah, I think for the better stop smoking weed you <laughs> <laughs> uh, know I, I know some people who function totally fine but I don't know what enjoy weed responsibly is like yeah that's true yeah like I got plenty of friends who will just like do an edible for fun and ride the bus or like just smoke weed with it yeah uh, shout out to, to you know who you are can't um, even ride a bus without ingesting an edible no it's just a meme <laughs> I, I don't know it's not really a meme is it did you just go on like a, a hour long bus trip or something yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty fun idea honestly if I didn't get crippling anxiety uh, <laughs> that's what ha started happening that, that's also another reason why I quit because just by the end of it like it made me anxious because I kn by the end of it I knew that once the weed wore off I would be have to face my issues again and that just made me realize that they were kind of already there the issues and got to the point where I would smoke weed and then I, I'd be like okay this is the last pack of joints I'm gonna buy and then like the next like n like next three days or something I'd buy another pack of joints and I'd take a hit and I was like, fuck, I smoked wheat, and I threw it out. And then I would do it again. And then that went on for a while, and I was like, this is just fucking ridiculous. I'm just, like, buying a whole bunch of weed and not smoke, not smoking, like, half of it. So I just quit smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, that's but, a good move. Yeah, that was a, quite an eventful night. It just suddenly came to me. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to fucking stop. How did it come to you? How? Sorry. It wasn't premeditated at all. Like... I was like, I would always be like, oh, I would stop smoking for a while and wait for things to, uh, maybe maybe things will get better and then I'll start smoking weed again. And then whenever I had plans to start smoking weed again, I would just immediately just give up on the break and buy a bunch of weed. Uh, so I decided to never make plans to, to smoke weed again. And I haven't made any plans. Yeah. I'm not saying like I'm never gonna smoke weed. I don't think I have any intention to. I don't have any intention to smoke weed in the next I don't know years to come. But maybe it might happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Who knows what can happen? I think that's the biggest mindset tip that I've learned from Cody. Because um, I think at least I had the same issue too. Or when people would be like. Are people me when I would be like, <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna quit for three months. I'm gonna take a two week break. Whatever. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. Like you're just gonna smoke weed again at the end of the day, or you're gonna be at a month and a half in your three month break and be like, oh, it's only a month and a half. I'm already halfway done. I could smoke a oh, bit I of weed. Did great. I did great. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> 
It's too much. So good job for the hard work. All all the hard work. I should reward myself by ruining all of it. Um, so yeah, and like now, if someone offers me weed, I'll just be like, I don't smoke weed. Like, despite me having done it in the past, or knowing that like one day in the future I might again, I just don't right now, and that's okay. Like that's where I'm at. And you know, thank thank you, Cody, for showing me. I guess not showing me, but leading by example in a way. Happen. Yeah, honestly, it really did. And like now that at least for me, I've been off it for a while, and my life has been considerably better. I'm very happy to not feel dependent on a substance. Um, and yeah, I feel like I can I can do more things, like enjoy social drugs with moderation or experiment or whatever and not have to feel worried like it's going to start ruining my life because I'm dealing with my problems. Mm. It's pretty magical. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Do more drugs now? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way too. <laughs> well, I've quit alcohol recently because I realized, well, I saw it while I was taking psychedelics, <laughs> which is a drug, but it was, I saw in my mind that it was, alcohol was filling the same hole that I was filling with weed. And then as soon as I had that vision, I was like, yeah, alcohol is gone. I'm not going to drink alcohol again. Uh, so yeah, that's... Quitting weed has also led me to, definitely led me to quitting alcohol as well. But I think I'll, uh, smoking weed has, if I didn't smoke weed, I don't think I would have gotten into psychedelics, which is, I would say it's a blessing. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged it sword. <coughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, it, that's, a, that's an interesting one, because clearly a lot of your art is inspired yes by the experience of drugs <laughs> yeah we're just here talking about oh don't do drugs well, uh, <laughs> well but um yeah I'm, I'm curious how do you think that's influenced you not only in art but in life 100 percent. no but how like how? i it, it clearly is influenced how at least you're supposed to answer this question with words <laughs> Uh, words and psychedelics, they go together very, very well. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of just changed my perception on everything. I'm talking about how I live. Um, I used to be a very closed-off person. Uh, that's a great question, but I'm not sure if I could answer that as well as I want to. That's okay. I'd love for you to try. Yeah. I don't know, I just see myself and everyone else now, and I'm not at all afraid to connect with people anymore, even if it's just, like, a random stranger at the store. It's just, I, I, I feel like I get something out of, like, improving someone else's day just just by offering them, like, a, sh a social gesture, maybe, like, even just a smile or, like, I don't know, I think people, and I, I live off of that kind of thing too. Uh, some people might say it's like, oh, it's not, doesn't have any meaning, it's not, it's kind of pointless. But I think it's the same thing as art. It doesn't have a real point or meaning behind it other than itself. And it doesn't have worth, and people will say it doesn't have any worth, it's just, just do your job and get it done quick, but I don't know, I think there's more important things than that. Than just <laughs> making money. 
but as I said, you need it. You need art to be able to make money too. Sorry, what was the question again? Uh, something about psychedelics. Something about drugs. I was asking you how you think that it's <laughs> impacted yeah. you as as a person. Like, what what of you? What part of you do you think has benefited from it? I guess is a good way to word that question. Mm. I think you answered it somewhat. I think it's made me realize that I can be a lot more relaxed than I used to be. And just, I used to be a very paranoid person. Although you, you might have, I guess you didn't know me back then, but I would have a lot of ideas about how like people thought about me and that made me very distressed and uncomfortable at times with talking about myself to like other people and I would usually if I had a problem I keep it to myself and the the number one thing I feared was getting help from other people and it's just psychedelics have I think a lot of people have a, a different a lot of different kinds of fears and I think psychedelics is good at just dissolving those patterns or like those like uh, paranoid thought patterns which lead to fear and like be, like clo being closed off to other people and I think psychedelics create a, a wonderful space for like different kinds of people to connect with uh, each other and that's led to many great things for sure that very reasonable <laughs> um how how do you think vulnerability has helped you? Because you mentioned like being very closed off and not um, like keeping problems to yourself, stuff like that. But mm. kind of the other side of that coin is putting yourself out there, like letting yourself get hurt or be judged, and maybe having that happen. But at the same time, like it could also end up better. Like you get to talk about a problem, or someone can can be um, uh, there to be be there for you. Uh, feel some reciprocity with with things or, or gain more understanding like what's what's kind of the other side of that coin for you like vulnerability instead of being closed off mm. well I think uh, I've come to realize through the part partially through the use of psychedelics and just having like normal world experiences uh, <laughs> I've, everyone has like this side to them that no one else can see and I think when people admit that to each other uh, it creates a very strong bond that's not very just superficial like you know you have like you could have like a really shallow friendship with someone where like you don't really know the person but you know you just like hang out with them smoke weed and like do nothing don't really say say or do much with them and then leave, but like, I feel like being vulnerable around certain people could allows you to connect with them, uh, especially be because like it makes you fe makes each other uh, you guys feel like you're not like truly alone in the world. Like everyone deals with issues, uh, everyone suffers, and sometimes it doesn't seem. Sometimes it might seem like you're the only one who's suffering, but. Once you start talking about these things with other people, it it's not as lonely of a world than it previously seems. Uh, let me think of something to say. That's okay. There's no no pressure. Yeah. That's a good answer. I would say. 
Do you want to elaborate on it more? Yeah, I would like to. Ela- I'm, I'm just currently. That's okay. Thinking. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. It's funny that thinking takes energy sometimes. Yeah, your brain uses like one third of all of your body's energy. You know, it uses mo- the most energy of all your body, though. Hmm? Do you know it uses the most energy of all of your body? Digestive system? Yeah. Damn it, you already knew this. I can't impress you with my kinesiology facts. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty... I kind of guessed that. Huh? I knew that it used a lot of energy, but I didn't know it was more than the brain. Considerably. So, like, the act of moving your body around is only, like, less than one-third? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think... Um, it depends on what you're doing. So, like, That's true. anyway, we could go into the nitty gritty of it, but I don't want to start rambling about kinesiology on a <laughs> podcast where I'm interviewing someone else. Uh. Um, I mean, unless you want me to ramble about things, please let me know in the comments, and you might get some Benjamin stares at a camera and rambles about things videos. But anyway, on to our point think, about vulnerability. Yeah, I think I have something to say. So, like, when you're not when you're like being comfortable being vulnerable with someone uh, I feel like you're letting the other person huh I think it feels like when someone else is vulnerable with me I feel like I'm I become more comfortable uh, being around that person Uh, and I feel like I have more I can express myself more around that person because there's no shame uh, with that person, uh, they've told me about themselves, and, I've, and I could tell I could tell them about myself, and I could just be myself and be seen for truly for what I uh, what I like the person that I am, and I, I think that's a great thing. You know, uh, the Nazis they thought that they were doing what they were doing was totally the right thing, and that they didn't have a dark side to them. Clearly. I don't think that was true, but yeah, a lot of Nazis would, a lot of them actually like truly believed that they were, they they had good intentions, but obviously it didn't end up too great. No, and I mean, you can, sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. Yeah, they kind of just denied the fact that they were not like they had a dark side to them. And you have to accept that there is a dark side to a light side and if you try and make the the, the light si- the white side win then you're going to have problems or if you fully identify with one side against the other you're going to have problems because you're just fighting against yourself uh, not sure how to elaborate on that but uh, do you, does that make sense what I'm saying no totally you gotta accept yourself as a whole good and the bad if you're only looking at the good parts of yourself that's you're blind to the mistakes you're making yeah exactly exactly yeah absolutely yeah you, you could do anything for fucking kill five million Jews just for the greater good and think you were totally justified in it yeah it's pretty wild I have parties yeah well, weren't they on a bunch of drugs too <laughs> That's yes, a whole another can that of worms. <laughs> well, apparently they lost old D-Day uh, because Hitler was doing a bunch of downers, and he would he would do uppers in the morning and he would do downers at night because he couldn't. He's like, oh, I can't, I can't sleep. And like, Argh. and then just injecting me with fucking benzos and 
uh, so on and so forth, and like animal testosterone or whatever. And then Dr. Merkel would like inject him with a bunch of downers, he'd pass out, and on D-Day, like he just didn't wake up at all. And they were just like, fu like fucking wake up. They're like the entire industrial might of the allies is, la is landing in Normandy. Like you have to wake up and like tell people to do things because Hitler was like, like he kind of oversaw everything, like most important decisions, especially if the in entire industrial might of the allies were kind of just landing on Normandy. Um, yeah, and they had to like fucking inject him with cocaine and like meth and then he's like oh what's happening oh what and then they lost uh well that was a pivotal point of the war thank god yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to drugs doing something good for the yeah. world <laughs> shout out to downers uh yeah shout out to kava lovely downer <laughs> <laughs> we also did some kava today yeah clearly we're not we don't have a drug problem no. <laughs> but um no, I I that was a funny tangent. I had other questions and they've kind of escaped my brain. I'm just laughing at <laughs> sleepy Hitler. Yeah, Hitler didn't even know he was doing like cocaine and shit. Like he was actually very much opposed to cocaine, but his doctors kinda just snuck it into his medication. So he was unknowingly high on cocaine every single day. And meth. He advocated the use of meth, so you were kind of just forced to take meth if you were in the uh, Wehrmacht or like or any any division. All right, I'm gonna try and steer the conversation <laughs> away from drugs and Hitler. <laughs> yeah, like as interesting as the Nazis' drug regimen is, I don't think that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. No, no, it's 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 a it's an interesting point, and I feel like it's not something a lot of people know about. Hmm. Mm. But um, I don't know. This is something I always ask people when they come on the podcast. I feel like it might be that time already. <coughs> Please no. Um, what 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 were you like as a kid, and and how do you think you've changed over the years? Like. I feel like you've gone through some. I feel like you've gone through some pretty major story arcs, Cody. Like a lot yeah, of people have been like, hmm, I've been the same since I was like two. Really? I'm like, all right, buddy. But That's like, yeah. Well, and I think it's pretty normal. People don't change that much. I've realized. But I think you've changed well, a bunch. So I'm curious. I've always had this part in me where that's like kind of curious, creative, and I like to. I don't know, I just kind of like to fuck around with things sometimes. That's I've always been that way. Uh, as a kid, I used to, like, deliberately go into timeout and be like, ha-ha, fuckers, you're, you have to do schoolwork. <laughs> so I'd, like, deliberately go around breaking all the color pencils and so on and so forth and then get shouted at. A menace but, uh, to society. I kind of was. And uh, at some point, I became socialized, and I stopped wanting to be... Uh, having bad rap from teachers so I kind of avoided that and yeah there, there's a time when I did want to be like a part of the popular kids social sphere in like grade one but so then I got like a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and like on the first day of bringing the Yu-Gi-Oh cards they were stolen and I was like fuck this like these people are fucking assholes so I would only hang out with 
but like the people who so I, I had this whole thing called the mine the mine world and that's a whole nother rabbit hole that I I don't know. I could get into that. Minecraft? No, 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 no. The mine world. Not nothing to do with Minecraft. I didn't play any video games at this time. Uh, mines are pretty much these alien creatures that kind of resemble Kirby, but I didn't really hear about Kirby at this time. Like they physiologically resemble Kirby, and there are like innumerable different types of mines and I would have like I would get like a bunch of people to like create mines and like create different types of mines and I had this one friend Rowan who shout out to Rowan he's been a great homie for many years I met him recently as well but he kind of lives in uh, Squamish so I don't really see him all the time at all but uh, yeah I would just only hang out with the people who agreed to live in my fantasy imaginary world in my head and there was a time when I liked sports like soccer basketball but I don't know I thought that the people who did all I, I just kind of grew distant from the people who were playing these sports at from at school I was like oh these people are assholes I just, just I'm just gonna live in my own imagination and that's actually what I did for a large portion of my childhood and that's why I think I've developed in such a strange way. I've been kind of cut off from everyone for a good portion of my life, just in my own brain. Uh, imagining, thinking about a lot of weird, weird things. Uh, like, I'm debating on whether if I, having romantic encounters with dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or just like even crazier. Okay, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But um, yeah, um, it wasn't probably until like high school that I really started to like kind of step out of that imaginary world. And I was just like, oh yeah, there are like real world problems that I... I, I kind of have to deal with and I think my the death of my dad has really uh, made me see things that way uh, I, I didn't really live with my dad he was I would see him like every like week to like every like couple of months it was it was pretty random but uh, yeah that made I think that really changed me for sure having losing a parent at a young age but right before I lost my dad, I became, I became, I got cl a lot closer. Like the maybe like in the, the two years before he passed away, I got a lot closer to him, and that that was that was perfect timing. But uh, I don't know. I think he's taught me a lot of things about unconditional love, which have very much affected me, and I still hold these things dear to me. And uh, this just kind of influenced the way I act around other people or act towards my friends and just strangers as well. But uh, yeah, shout out to Dead Dad, Gene Cox. Uh, yeah, so I've slowly started stepping out of my imaginary world. But I was still a weird fucking kid, and I still am. And I continue to be so, and I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm unique. <laughs> but uh yeah in high school there was 
I went to the gold program. I have ADHD. I mean, I think we've actually mentioned that before. <laughs> Maybe once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember what we were talking I, I Now I remember what we were talking about. But yeah, that was the first time where I really saw or met a bunch of people who were somewhat similar, more or less, to myself. And I was like, huh. Like, I'm not, maybe perhaps I'm not too special. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was that was the start the start of something very interesting. Um, I've had the best like I thought I had the greatest friend group. Got from that, and then I lost those people. Uh, they ended up not liking me, and that was quite traumatizing. But uh, I think I've I think I've learned things from that as well. Also. What is the difference between me now and me then? Yeah, it's hard to come up with a definitive answer, isn't it? Yeah. You're still I, just a curious, weird kid. There are other people that who le- lead their own lives, and I'm more interested in that. That's kind of, it kind of sounds a bit creepy, but... Uh, no, I get what you mean. From being very stuck in your own head to being yeah. like, wait a minute, other people aren't yeah. that <laughs> uninteresting. <laughs> It's not all about me. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like growing up, kind of. Um, I've opened up a lot more. No, definitely. Especially very recently with after I quit weed. Shout out to... Quitting weed. Yeah, actually dealing with your problems instead of trying to self-medicate. Pretty radical strategy, if you ask me. Um, I got, I've got a bit of a question for you. What, what did your dad teach you about love? Oh, it's... It's just the way he acted around me, I guess. Um, that's hard to say. Just being influenced, just being around him and being influenced by him was pretty much the answer to that. But uh, I don't know. He was a pretty troubled person. Uh, but I think. Hmm. That's a good question. Let me think. Take all the time you need, Cody. And if you can't come up with an answer, that's totally reasonable, too. There's no pressure to answer anything. It is late. We have been talking. I would, I would talking. say, like, he's some of the nicest people I've ever met. Or yeah. Or one person. But yeah. Something to look up to? Yeah, for sure. Some things I don't look up to, though. <laughs> Yeah, like alcoholism. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got that. Shout out to dads. Yeah. Love you, dad. And all the dads out there. Yeah, for sure. But um, no, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. I always found it funny how some of the most troubled people are also some of the nicest. Yeah. Huh. You probably know that they're. They have issues of their own, and other people have the same, or the same. Yeah, know what it's like to go through it. Exactly, they've accepted their dark side. Yeah, totally. I can see that. But, um, oh, there was another direction I wanted to take this, and I forgot what it was again. I don't know, Cody. Maybe, Maybe we should sleep. We've been running for like an hour and 20 minutes. Shit, really? Yeah. 
No, an hour and 19 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, I know. It goes by pretty quick. Um, yeah, I don't know if I had any other questions for you. Do you, do you have anything you want to say to give me, like, two seconds before I think of another question to keep this rolling? Uh, that was gross. You're welcome. Disrespectful. I haven't really entirely stopped with my drug use, so. Uh, oh, maybe I should maybe, talk no, about no, this on YouTube. Don't. <laughs> this is YouTube, right? So YouTube, Spotify, Apple. By the way, find me on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, I think other platforms too. If there's podcasts on them, look it up. It might be there. I honestly have no idea where this goes. So yeah, maybe don't just randomly list off all the things you're into. Right. <laughs> or have tried, potentially. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that is a fun fun laundry list, but at the same time, do you really want that on the internet? About me? About anyone, really. Yeah, I think it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't wor- don't, don't, Anyways. don't bother. Uh, um, right. I did have a question for you that I, I, I just remembered the question. Ah. I love these moments when I stop thinking about questions and then I remember them. You should say the question before you forget. No, I already know what it is. It's in my brain. Okay. It's not going anywhere, Cody. Are you ready for this one? I think I might have asked you this before, actually, which is kind of silly. But um, do you think that art requires suffering, like something to work through, to, to put into it? Or hmm. can you just create art to create? It could be, you could go both ways. So the answer is, I think there could be a lot of art that comes from the suffering, but this, the suffering isn't, I don't think the suffering is worth the art, but the art is just kind of has its own value. Uh, I think art could be used to mitigate suffering, um, but I don't think people should suffer in the name of art, <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, I get that. Uh, I don't think suffering is required to create art. Although wonderful art does arise from suffering, it's just there's always a way to find greatness from any situation, through especially through the use of art. And that's why I think art is so wonderful in this miserable world. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer. Doesn't um, really answer the question fully, but. No, it does. I asked you, does art require suffering? And you said, not really. Hmm. That's an answer. Yeah. Yeah. You can make art if you're suffering, but you can also make it if you're really happy about something. Yeah, if I if I didn't make art and I had I was going through the suffering I was, I don't... That's unimaginable. I don't know. Yeah? Like, Where do you th- as in, like, all kinds, any kind of art. Yeah, I don't think that is a life that would be livable. Honestly, I can get that. Um, how how do you find art to be therapeutic? Hmm. Well, there are sometimes there are things which need to be seen in the mind, and I think it's just art is just a great way to get that out. And by focusing your attention on what needs to be seen, I think that's it. Naturally, leads to a process of healing. As I said, uh, you gotta accept the dark side, man. But uh, I used to do a lot of dark art, and 
I think that was that was the first step in allowing me to see that like I had I had issues that I had to deal with or like myself and that eventually led me to see that you know everyone is suffering everyone has issues that they're dealing with on their own but uh hmm how do I answer this how is art therapeutic Hmm. I feel like sometimes when I'm stressed or uh, sad or something, there I feel like I need to get something out of my head. Uh, not sure if you've ever experienced that the way I have, but that's when I do art. And once it comes out, I feel a lot better for sure. Uh, but ideally, I don't know, art isn't a pleasure to be feared, I think, unlike certain things uh, overindulging yourself with substances is that different you could keep doing it but I don't know if it'll make you any better but art it's something that you could work on and you get better at art and at the same time it's just really enjoyable to do art and I find I feel that you could connect like by doing art you, you connect with other people who artists who have a lot of things to talk about that are uh, who are sort of I feel that artists are able to connect with each other very well uh, not sure how to explain that but we're all just like pretty funky people uh, and we relate we relate to each other by being different in a way uh, a lot of people form groups out of excluding other groups and I don't think that's the way to go uh, forming groups through hatred isn't healthy I think forming relationships with other people through uh, art and accepting each other accepting each other's different even like admiring each other's differences and peculiarities is it's just the way to go because that's just the crowd you want to be in because everyone's going to be different no matter what you do and just you got to accept that and be fine with it and enjoy it i enjoy it i enjoy weird people like you <laughs> thanks for calling me weird cody no i'm joking that's never an insult for me all right well it isn't for me either i'm just teasing you so so i guess I to use that in a purely positive that word in a purely positive way okay um so to recap your answer and what I absorbed from it. That was kind of a difficult roundabout way of saying that. No, it's okay. Um, so you find art to be therapeutic because it lets you get things out of your head and it also helps you connect to communities of like-minded people. Yeah, for sure. That's the, uh, the latter half was something I discovered recently in, uh, by joining or getting into art school. But also, I've, I've experienced that to a degree in high school as well. Uh, but more so in art school, obviously, because you're with a bunch of art artists. And I was like, just like, wow, like, like there are, I'm not the only weird person around here. Like, man, these people do awesome stuff. And it's just so crazy to know that there are, like, other people who are, like, far more talented than I am. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's actually 
cool to be able to like see like great artists in person. Uh, and it inspires me to do more art too. So it's kind of a self-contained sort of cycle of healing. Hmm. Cool. I like that. I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. It's been moving. I got one last question for you. Um, what would you say to people listening to this who maybe feel like they don't make as much art as they want to? Hmm. Well, if you ever get an idea to make a piece or get an idea for a piece, do it as soon as you can because you're going to get distracted with, or you're going to be like, oh, I'll do it later. You're going to get distracted with like other shit. So do get it down as soon as possible. At least get the idea down as soon as possible. Make, maybe just like make a sketch of it or something. Um, just make some time. And just uh, maybe move like your day or like schedule your day around just so that you have maybe even just like 20 minutes to just draw or do whatever you want and and start from there uh yeah just make small steps uh you can't just go from you, you can't just immediately go to like draw like painting three hours a day that's that's too much for someone who who's who's currently uh wondering if they could do any art at all so start small uh, yeah cool um thank you for listening you don't have to if you feel like if you start doing art and you feel like doing more then just definitely go for it baby hell yeah yeah that's pretty much everything isn't it it's really not. We could keep talking for a long time. <laughs> There's but a lot of things that we missed. We'll have to be a part two at some point. Yeah, for sure. How did you enjoy your podcast experience? Uh, at first, I thought it was kind of difficult, but I think it's an interesting way to get inside of my head. <laughs> yeah, it's kind <laughs> of fun. used to. And like, I don't know, things just keep popping up to talk about, which isn't actually something that usually happens when I have a conversation with someone. But I guess that, especially when I'm tired. But yeah, it is uh, 2.44 in the morning right now. We are on the way to bed. We got to go rock climbing tomorrow. Got a busy schedule. I think this is a great way to build like your conversational skills. Oh, totally. I think it's helped me a lot because now I don't feel as awkward just like hanging out with random people and asking them questions. Huh. <laughs> but um, <coughs> still awkward though. I hate talking to people most of the time. <laughs> I'm getting there too. Yeah. That's my face. Shit. Uh, please don't. It's going to oh, be yeah, so yeah. loud. I need to compress the audio. Yeah. Oh, well. They'll survive. This is what you get if you sat here for an hour and a half listening to us talk. Oh, the lighting's wonderful. It's kind of epic. Yeah, I, I set it up. I, I think it looks like I'm the subject here right now because all the bright lights on me, and then you just have like shadow. I know. Yeah. Is that is that what you meant? Of course. Indirect light versus mm -hmm. direct light. Yeah, that was the plan. Anyway, um, thank you so much. If you made it this far, you must be a true fan. And to like the three people watching this, I am eternally grateful. <laughs> it's you are the reason I do this shit. 
Um, actually, that's not true. I just like, I just like watching. I've been watching. I just like talking to people and making this stuff. Uh, people I like talking to. That's the whole point. The show where I talk to people I like talking to. Um, yeah, it turns out you're one of those people, Cody. Thank you. Hopefully expect more content soon, Q3. I appreciate you all a lot. And, um... I don't know. Fucking subscribe if you haven't. Find me on podcasting apps, wherever you consume your long-form audio content. I'm probably there. If not, um, what are you doing? It's also probably really, podcasts are really bad for your spine. I've been in a really bad posture for like more than an hour and a half. Yeah, we've just been sitting on cushions. Yeah. I got to get better chairs. That's kind of the vibe, though. I kind of like it. You get uncomfortable, you start focusing on what you're talking about because you don't want to think about the fact that you've been slicing on a cushion for the last hour. Um, this this position's good for digestion, though. That's true. <laughs> I also need a pee. Oh, yeah. I remember you mentioned that before we started. <laughs> God damn it, Cody. Um, all right. I guess that's it. I, uh, before I turn off things, I got to do the traditional B-side uh, episode finish. It's been too long, people. I'm I'm really sorry for the hiatus. What are we doing again? Right. Gotta thank my sponsors. No. My people that have helped me. People that have helped me. Thank you all very much. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Sam Mitchell, for whom I have uh, audio that gives me kind of an aesthetic and a brand. So for that, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Sam. I want to say a big thank you to um, my friend Eldridge who made my banner and my um, logo so thank you Eldridge you are the reason I am presentable and for that I I am very grateful I want to thank my friend Cooper because you're the person that gave me this idea kind of in the first place a very long time ago Um, so if you're listening big thank you I want to thank Reiner for showing me how to set up lighting and film and deal with these audio files that my computer spits out at me that are horrendously unbalanced and shit. So thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to John Isgara. Um, you know why. I'm not going to say it. I've been advised not to. And um, I want to say thank you to Noah for letting me borrow your Premiere Pro while that lasted. Um, I want to say a special thank you to all the people that gave me money when I asked for it, which is insane to me, but you're the only reason that this podcast is on streaming services at all, so thank you. Um, and I want to say a very special thank you to my only sponsor, my mother, who is awesome. She's letting me use this space, um... And 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 bought me shit and stuff. Oh my god, we got kitten number two here. Special thanks to kitten number two. She's so sweet. Wait, look at this thing. She doesn't want to be held right now. That's okay. She's adorable. Her name is Cricket, Cricket Junior, or the second, whatever you prefer. Um. So yeah. Uh. Other than that, thanks, mom. I love you, Mom. Can I get a round of, round, round of applause for mothers, please?
quietly, though. I don't want to wake her up. Oh, you're not even going to thank me for being on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And a special thank you to my guest today, uh, Cody. Very very welcome. Yeah, it's been fun. I haven't... you. haven't... No, don't even thank me, Cody. You're making me content. You are my content. Today, at least. So, yeah. It's been fun. Um... If you're watching this long, I don't know what you're doing unless you're my mom. Hello. All right. Have a good night, people. Or morning, whenever you're consuming this media. See you later. Actually, I might not see you later, but I will see you later at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Love you all. Mean it. Mwah.